0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Coffees and Cameras. We are talking with Nicholas Isabella today. Um, if those who don't know Nick, uh, he is a photographer that has turned storm chaser. And he's been recently been out and kind of interested in hearing about uh, what he went through and what it was like. So, uh, Nick, how you doing?
1: Good. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um. So every May, so the past few Mays, I've been going with one of my friends out west to Tornado Alley, which is typically the southern to northern Great Plains. Mm-hmm. So states like Texas and Oklahoma and Colorado and basically everywhere in between the Canadian and Mexican borders uh, in search of tornadoes. And, uh, this year was a little bit of a below average season when it comes to tornadoes, but we left New York with the mindset that we're going to just hope to see storms. And if we do see a tornado, that's a, you know, a bonus on top of that. But almost every day that we were out there for about a month, there was, uh, amazing lightning shows. There was, you know, wall clouds and shelf mm-hmm. clouds every, every day. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's also involves a lot of driving. You definitely spend more time in the car than you do anything <laughs> else. But uh, when, you, when you look at the back of your camera, it's worth it.
0: I bet. Now, where, what got you involved in this? What Why did you start going in this direction with storm chasing? What is it about it that you love?
1: Um, I don't know. There's something about Mother Nature that I've always enjoyed growing up. Uh, I think it was we had in New York City in 1996, we had a big blizzard of 96, and that mm-hmm. kind of sparked, sparked my interest into weather a little bit. And the more I got into photography, the past – years, I, I kind of took enjoyment in photographing lightning, you know, around Long Island, around the city. Uh, and then when I ran uh, into some friends that also live on Long Island, they've been doing storm chasing a lot longer than I have. Uh, they kind of invited me to tag along and that's what got me hooked.
0: Cool. Now, what what is it? What do you need? What is it? What kind of equipment are you using to do storm chasing?
1: Uh the most basic tool that you need is a really just a camera and a radar app. Uh, I wouldn't suggest people going out West, uh, after tornadoes, if they haven't done it with,
0: with <laughs> somebody
1: more experienced before, cause that can be a little dangerous. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, but minimum, all you need is really a smartphone and a camera. Uh, okay. the more you get into tracking storms, then, uh, the more, you know, paid radar software you need. And, uh, you know, maybe invest in some meteorology courses to learn what exactly you're looking at in the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. I encourage people, to, you know, if you're interested in weather, just download a, a radar app on your phone. And uh, especially even on Long Island, obviously, we don't get uh, the kind of storm activity that out west sees, uh, But we do get thunderstorms in the summertime here and some nice lightning shows, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What what app do you use? What would you recommend?
1: Um, I use an app called Radar Scope. Okay uh it it is a paid app it's a ten dollar app uh but it shows you excuse me it shows you lightning it shows you the track of the storms you know there's also some free apps that work well the weather channel app uh weather bug is another free one you know Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to spend the money on an app but the more you uh you gain an interest for weather and the more you develop your skills you'll kind of see that some of the free apps you'll outgrow it as you go along and learn more about weather
0: Okay, and what is your equipment? What what are you using camera wise right now? Um,
1: so this is my first year using the Nikon Z6. It's a mirrorless
0: camera.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, for the past five or six years, I've been using the D750. But the more I transitioned from shooting just photos into some more video, I decided to get the mirrorless camera that shoots 4K video. So uh, okay. my Z6 basically focuses on video, and I'll use my D750 for time lapse and still photos.
0: Okay, what lens
1: are you using? Are you using a wide angle? Uh yeah, 99% of the the uh, storm photos I have are with a uh, wide angle lens. Okay. Uh Sigma 14 or 24. It's a good I lens. also use that I also use that for my Milky Way photos as well. Mm-hmm. Um and on my Z6, usually I keep the 24 to 70
0: on there. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Now, these guys that you go out with, you said that these are people that are friends of yours. Are they trained in any of this? I mean, you said they've been doing this for a while, but do they have any experience in this? Um, Just really
1: self-taught. That's how most storm chasers start. Um, A lot of times you'll have, you know, meteorologists, they go to college. But typically your average storm chaser just kind of is self-taught, you know. The internet is a great resource, especially now. I'm constantly seeing new videos on how to storm chase and, you know, the best equipment and techniques. And it, you could absolutely teach yourself.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that movie Twister had a lot to do with it, too. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Um, now, how many years have you been going out?
1: Uh, this will be my third year.
0: Okay. And tell us what's the scariest one, scariest experience you've had in the three years that you've been doing this. We're curious. Um,
1: I also do hurricanes besides tornadoes. Okay. Uh, So in 2018, me and my uh, partner went down to Florida for Hurricane Michael. And uh, we were in the eye of the Hurricane Michael. And uh, that ended up at the time it was it was a cat four, but they ended up upgrading it to a cat five. So that was definitely intense. Um, but yeah, really just that, that hurricane is probably number one for me on this past trip. Uh, we had a close call with a lightning strike that, uh, scared us a little bit.
0: God, that's my <laughs> li-
1: fear. It was a little too close for comfort to, to our liking. Uh, so yeah, that definitely made us jump a little bit.
0: So what are you trying to do? How do you, how do you protect yourselves? I mean, you know, how far out do you try and keep yourselves away from an impending storm? um
1: well lightning is really the probably the most dangerous and unpredictable aspect of it all you really don't know where lightning is going to strike you know the Mm -hmm. best thing you could do is kind of position yourself not next to any metal objects not out in an open field you know uh yeah but as far as tornadoes uh when you go after these storms and especially a supercell uh that they see out west in the plains Uh, You always position yourself on the southern side of the storm. So you're you're either – the tornado is either in front of you moving away or you're in back of it. At no point are you in front of – directly in front of the storm where it's moving towards you.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, So that keeps you pretty safe. Uh, Typically here on the east coast, you know, in Long Island, we see uh, lines of storms that come through, and typically they're weak by the time they get here. Right. Uh, so it's not as much as a danger here, but the lightning strike is still uh, something you have to be careful for around here.
0: Yeah, because they say if you can, if you can hear thunder, lightning is close by, and it it can just show up anywhere. It's completely dangerous. Absolutely. So, um, now you also do night photography too, correct? Uh huh. Okay. Why, what is it about that that you like? And um, no star trails, things like that. Can, can you give us some uh, some tips on night photography?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm not exactly sure when my interest started in that. I kind of had a telescope when I was a kid from my father. And mm-hmm. I was always curious of looking at the stars, not really knowing what I was looking at. And uh, as I started getting into photography you know, in like 2012, 2013, I started seeing these Milky Way photos from people. And I was like, wow, I want to learn how to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, similar with learning about weather, the internet is an amazing resource. There's so many videos on YouTube. All you have to do is type in whatever camera model you have. You know, even if you might not have the, the newest and most expensive camera, it's worth a shot, you know, especially on right. Long Island. People think we're we're so close to the city, but the further east you go, it's definitely dark enough with, with a lot of cameras, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my biggest tip would be if you don't um, – my biggest tip would be the lens is more important than the camera most of the time. Okay. Uh, so if you had a choice between getting a brand new expensive camera that comes with a kit lens, or if you have an older camera, it's better to spend the money on a nice lens that goes down to 2.8 or so uh, to really bring in more light.
0: Right. I think I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you said you usually use the Sigma 14 to 20. Yeah. I, that's the lens that I picked up and I use that a lot too. Actually, you know what? No, I'm mistaken. I don't have the Sigma. I use the Ronkinon. Yeah. 14 to 20. And that's, I use that one for a year. Yeah. Great lines. That's because uh, I got involved with it and I started seeing like you, the images and whatnot. And I found a guy named Nick page online. Mm -hmm. He's definitely out West and he kind of got me hooked on it. He got me hooked on, on night photography and his stuff is phenomenal.
1: Yeah. He does. I learned a lot from him as well. He has a lot of great tutorials on the internet, on YouTube and, uh, whatnot
0: yeah did you by any chance have you gotten a chance to see the thing that he did on the the with the 4f
1: no did, i haven't
0: oh god if you want to see something that's funny he's friends with uh like four other photographers uh gavin hardcastle uh adam gibbs and thomas heaton and uh a- 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 hardcastle when you see anything that he does my god it's more of a comedy act than it is a tutorial yeah They had. They did a road trip. They rented, or they bought. Actually, from what it it sounds like, they bought a really old, junky trailer, and Mm -hmm. they piled in it and they drove from the West Coast, I believe, up in and around his area, up in Oregon and Washington, and up in there all the way to Vegas in this thing. It was like a death trap, and it's the the purpose of it that they were doing it was to create like a, a tutorials around the whole time, seeing a trip and learning this and it. But from what I'm seeing on some of the trailers and whatnot, it's just hysterical. I look for them more as entertainment than education yeah. at this point, because they're just so great guys. Well, but, I feel like with, with any photography, that's
1: the most important thing. You want to make sure you're having fun, you know? Right. Uh, especially around here too. There's so many people that are in the community that are welcoming. And if you have questions, you all you have to do is ask and, uh, you know, people meeting up with each other and hanging out on the beach, even, you know, for example, you can get a, a night where you're hoping to shoot the Milky Way and if it ends up being cloudy. You might still have a good time. You know, if you're meeting new people and hanging out, uh, exactly. and learning new stuff.
0: And that's, that's a lot with like you, you and I both know, we're both members of the long Island sun chasers and that's pretty much what that group is about. Exactly. So it's, it's getting together and you, you can get one or two shots. I mean, last week I went out, for uh the morning for sunrise and i i bumped into doug and literally i think i took a shot <laughs> because we yeah. just stood around and talked to the whole time yeah yeah, so yeah. it's it, it's with the fun part of it but yeah. um so um how you i know you've uh, taught a class for us once before on night photography um where being out where you were Now you weren't like you weren't out west, but you were in like you said, um, Hurricane Alley, Tornado Alley, and in that area. What are the night skies like out there? It's
1: very dark. Is it really? You you drive on some of these empty roads. I mean, you could be driving down a dirt road for an hour or two before you get back to the interstate, you know. Uh and all you have to do is look up and you can see the Milky Way clear as day. God, that's Um, phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty amazing.
0: The only Uh, I was going to say the only place that I've had that here is out in Camp Hero, you know, you just you get out of the car and you look up and you're like, oh my god, you don't realize it. Then you come back and you get go to like Jones Beach where a lot of us do Robert Moses and you're like, where is it? I can't see it. It's it's amazing the difference by miles of how bad the light pollution is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, the reason I went to Robert Moses last or two weeks ago is because I didn't. I had work the next day, and I didn't feel like driving out to Montauk, so I figured, let me give it a shot, and you could absolutely see the difference, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, location is everything, and you don't have – some people might not always have the time to get out there. But even from Robert Moses, I mean, you can – like I said, it comes down to what kind of camera and lens and technique you use, but you can still see the Milky Way. Uh, I mean, you can still photograph it, from Barbara Yes, Moses.
0: yes, you definitely can. But like I said, it's out. The further out east you get, the more you can see just with your naked eye. Like you said, out in where you are doing the storm yeah. chasing, it's right there, and it's amazing. You don't realize it.
1: Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that about Long Island, especially people that are new into photography. Uh, how dark the East End, you know, Montauk really is. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So the getting back to the storm chasing. All right, you like you said, you've been doing this for a couple of years why I mean don't um, you aren't you scared? Don't you get um you know you're married? you know I mean, it's gotta scare the bejeebers out of your wife a little bit, knowing that you're out there and in the way of possibly you know getting severely hurt. Is that um, the thrill of it? That's part of it, and I think
1: maybe at the very beginning, my wife was scared mm-hmm. uh a little bit. But now she kind of knows the safety aspect of it, okay. and how much I enjoy doing it. Uh, part of it is just experiencing like the force and the power of Mother Nature, uh, and kind of the other half is uh, gathering footage of what Mother Nature is doing, and I sell it to like the Weather Channel and uh, some of the other national networks, depending on what the video is. Uh, so a lot of people, like for example, for with a hurricane, a lot of people don't know what what it's like in the middle of a hurricane,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Uh, so after hurricane Michael, our videos really took off pretty well because people got to see, you know, what, how much damage it does on the inside, not just after the fact. Uh, kind of the same thing with tornadoes. I mean, if you position yourself properly, you know, on the right side of it, you could get within like a quarter mile of it. You'll, you'll kind of be in front of it, looking straight up at it. Wow. Uh, because you know, it'll be moving away. Uh, I mean there is there's it's not a completely safe thing but it's it's pretty good you know uh unfortunately, over the years, there were one or two storm chases that died mm-hmm. because that that tornado decided to do a freak movement and move the opposite direction you know uh but yeah, I just love experiencing the the power of mother nature and what it does
0: you know I've always been curious about the starting of A tornado. I don't want to be a storm chaser. I mean, that's for sure. But when you Um, see videos, when you see people and they have videos, it's like, is that really how it happened? Or did they speed it up? I mean, is it just this cloud that all of a sudden you just see twisting? Is that what it's really like out there? Yeah. And once the rotation starts
1: in the clouds, it can drop pretty quick, but typically you'll be following a storm uh, I don't know, like three hours, four, five hours before it actually decides to put down that tornado. Uh, very rarely does a storm pop up and immediately drops a tornado.
0: Right. No, I get that. I guess, like I said, you know, you see the videos online, and I'm like, I just, I can't imagine being standing there and just watching this thing develop, and 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 it's got to be an awesome sight. So it just, yeah, it's it's it's,
1: it's pretty amazing watching it. Uh, you, you're kind of staring at this cloud rotating for a while and you say to your partner, is this one going to do it? Maybe <laughs> not, maybe. And then it does it. And you're like, wow.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So this, and this last trip that you went on, did you, if I'm not mistaken, you really didn't have, did you not have success with tornadoes, but a lot more of a lightning thunderstorm show, right? Yeah. We saw, I think two or three tornadoes. They
1: weren't oh, very, okay. they weren't very big. Uh, they were kind of, Quick spin ups, what what we would call it. Where did uh, you see them? Uh, one in Texas, and I believe one in one or two in Colorado. Wow, you went far. Yeah, we went to twenty two states. We drove fifteen thousand
0: miles. Oh my god! Oh my god! Over how long yeah. of a period of time? Twenty eight days. Wow! Wow, that's yeah. crazy.
1: But like I said, we kind of left New York with the with the mindset of I hope we get like a lot of lightning. I hope we get these amazing cloud structures uh, because you kind of if you say I want to see a tornado every day and that doesn't happen, you kind of leave yourself disappointed. Mm-hmm. And that's just, and that's kind of the same with with shooting night photography, too. You hope to have no clouds. You, you know, you hope for everything to work out. But uh, you kind of got to just keep your expectations a little bit on the lower side when it comes to storm chasing. Uh, And I'm really, I'm very happy with what I got. I saw some of the most amazing lightning I've ever witnessed in my life. There was one day back in May in Colorado where I think the lightning started at like 5 p.m. and uh, it went all the way to like midnight, 1 a.m. And it barely moved a few miles.
0: Wow. Yeah, it was
1: absolutely amazing.
0: Were you out in open fields watching that or was that? Wow. That must have been amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some of those images.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still kind of sorting through all my footage and putting everything together.
0: How many SD cards did you go through? How much footage did you go uh, through? How many hours have you got? I think between all my
1: photos and video, I think I have like a hundred gigs. Wow. Yeah. Something
0: like that. That's cool. Now the other guys that you go out with, are they also photographers or are they just basic storm chasers?
1: Uh, so one of my
0: friends, Michael
1: Koch, Mm-hmm. is more of a storm chaser. He started his, his storm chasing career just doing hurricanes and now he's he does tornadoes the last few years as well. Uh but he just shoots with his iPhone, you know, he's uh on the verge of buying a camera. I think he's not sure which one to get yet. Mm-hmm. But um uh, if you look him up Weather Going Wild on social media, he does amazing work with his iPhone and these like slow motion lightning videos. It's pretty cool. Wow. Um and my other friend Carrie Meltzer, he's a photographer. Uh, and the storm chaser, just like I am.
0: Okay. And did, did, did your uh, one friend, he's, is you guys all selling your stuff? I mean, how does that work? You, you know, you're in a local area, you get in touch with the local stations, or do they happen to get a hold of you? How does that work? Uh, so we're
1: a part of SVL Media, is what it's called. My friend Carrie, who's from Long Island, is part owner of the company. Uh, and they're basically a brokerage company. So they have the contacts with the networks that like I don't have. Uh, So I send them my video and they take a a tiny percentage of it and they email the networks where they have a working relationship with every day. Um, now when we go on these trips, me, like this past trip, me and my buddy, Mike said, well, whatever we make, we're splitting down the middle because we're splitting the gas, we're splitting the hotel. So whether I get a video, he gets a video, whatever we make from it, we'll just split Amongst us, 50-50.
0: Wow. And I, I never even thought that there was money involved with that. Uh,
1: yeah, there definitely is. You know, the, you as time goes on, you kind of know what the network's like to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, they like to see weather affecting people, which, uh, believe it or not, happens more often where we probably live than when I'm out west. I've sold more videos of snowstorms and Flooding in freeport from high tide than right. I have being out west, you know just because you're kind of in the middle of nowhere out there, so very rarely does a tornado go through a populated area, right you know probably eighty five or ninety I would say percent of your tornadoes just happen in an open field and they don't bother anybody, which are the best way that's how I prefer you know I don't want to see yeah. anybody get hurt, I don't want exactly see damage. Uh, but when it comes to selling footage, it, it could be kind of bored, boring, I guess, in the eyes of the networks. Um, okay. so even people, you know, on long Island, if they're, uh, you know, if you get a, a footage of a crazy thunderstorm, you know, somewhere in long Island, you know, you could reach mm-hmm. out to SVL or message, carry Meltzer. I think he's in the storm chaser group. I mean, I'm sorry. He's in the uh, sun chaser group. Okay. And uh, just say, hey, I got this footage. What do you think? You know, and, and if he thinks it's good, then he'll say, all right, yeah, we, you know, we can sell it for you. Or they might say, you know, do this different next time.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I can, a couple of friends of mine, we've considered it, you know, we know that there's something coming through and, but, but our thing is more like, you know, well, where can I stand outdoors and make sure that I'm safe? You know, yeah, that's the biggest thing that around here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky enough one year, I'm going to say about maybe three three years ago during my day job and um, I was on the North shore. I was in Oyster Bay and this, this cloud, it was just like, it was just rolling through. And I got a couple of, you know, shots with my phone, my cell phone over it. But uh, it was scary to be standing there. Thankfully, they came out and they said, you know, you guys don't have to stay. You can go. So I kind of yeah. like booked out of there before it got really, really bad. But I remember seeing that and watching them. I mean, it's cool. It's definitely cool to to, to see. But uh, personally, I'd rather watch it from I'd rather watch the footage you have. Yeah. <laughs> than-
1: um, yeah, that's why it's really important to have. an app that sends you alerts when there's a warning issued you know severe thunderstorm warning tornado warning right uh because we do get tornadoes you know not big ones but they happen across queens and long island there's been a few the past few years you know uh even a a storm you can get a thunderstorm without a tornado in it that still does a lot of wind damage you know there was a storm that we were on in uh, south dakota a few weeks ago and there was no tornado just a line of Straight winds, but I think it had a winds of like ninety ninety five miles an hour, wow, just in the thunderstorm without there being a tornado, yeah, so even even uh no matter what the storm is, you got to make sure you're not standing under trees or power
0: lines or anything like that, you know right. what was that like being there and see and being a, being involved in that 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 wind I mean that's hurricane force winds,
1: yeah, it was definitely intense. We were actually in the Badlands National Park for this, wow. uh, so we're doing a time lapse and. I see my camera start shaking a little bit as it gets cold, as it gets closer. And all of a sudden it was like, all right, feeling the drizzle, it's time to go. And before we could even get into the car, the gust of wind came through and it was knocking everything, you know, garbage pails over and it's hard to open the car door. And uh, that storm actually traveled quite a few hundred miles with that wind. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. See, that's the scary stuff. And they say it's if it's it's the wind and it's the water. Now, you said you were with um, Hurricane Michael and you went down to Florida for that. Where were you staying at the time when that happened? <clears throat> uh,
1: so we went down for Hurricane Michael and uh, typically with any hurricane, we'll get down there a day or two earlier and drive up and down the area and see how high the landscape is, near, you know, along the ocean. Right. See what see what areas flood, what areas safe to be in.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so for Hurricane Michael, we were actually away from the ocean by about two or three miles, mm-hmm. and uh, the night before we had stood at a Holiday Inn Express in Florida, and the owner was pretty persistent on us uh, riding out the storm in the hotel. So a bunch of us said, "Hey, can we stay here with you? You know, it's a pretty sturdy building. Uh, it's safe, the safest building we're going to find. You know." Right, Uh, and he said, "Yeah, sure." So thankfully, we weren't near the ocean. Storm surge is definitely not something you want to have to experience. I know a few people during Hurricane Michael, a storm chase that kind of took that extra chance, and they ended up losing their vehicles. They got into a little bit of a jam. You know, thankfully they're okay. But uh, when you get a when you get a hurricane that strong, it doesn't really weaken much in you know the first few miles. It makes landfall. It's still pretty strong uh so we were pretty safe in the hotel uh the hotel did take a lot of damage the roof came off during the storm oh god and uh but we knew that was the safest area to be in what in what town was this uh we were in callaway florida Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: is just east of panama city okay uh uh, in the florida panhandle
0: okay okay and
1: um yeah that that storm was definitely intense
0: how, how long were you in, how many hours were you in that?
1: Uh, I would say it was about five hours. Okay. Uh, so the, uh, the eye wall is the most damaging part of a hurricane and it right. it comes in first. So that was about an hour and a half. And then it gets really calm when you're in the eye and the sun was out and it was blue skies. And, uh, it was really creepy to, that was the first time I've experienced something like that, you know? And you could hear a pin drop and then all of a sudden as the hurricane continues to move, now you're on the backside of it and some more crazy winds for like another hour or so.
0: Yeah, see you now I, I remember um I living home for Hurricane Gloria. Yes. And uh experiencing that that few minutes of like the calm you know, in the quiet and you go outside because you just out of curiosity. And I remember being outside with my, with my dad. And all of a sudden you're hearing the people with the chainsaws trying to get the trees out of the way before the second half of it comes up and through. So, uh, yeah, it is, it's eerie. It's definitely an eerie sensation to have that quiet because you know, in the back of your mind, it's not done yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's actually Hurricane Glory is what got my chase partner, Michael Koch into, uh, weather. Really? He's from Long Island. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you kind of have to, uh, during the eye, we were just kind of walking around assessing damage. There was a lot of homes across the street that were had significant damage. So we were kind of crossed over there to make sure people were okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully a lot of people did evacuate and, uh, some people even came to our hotel for safety during the storm.
0: Oh, well, that's good. That's good to know. Um, so, uh, Okay. What tell, What would you give advice to anybody who is interested in going in this route?
1: Uh, let's see. Advice that I would to give people. Uh, definitely have a willingness to learn from others and don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tons of YouTube videos that you could find on how to storm chase, on identifying different parts of a thunderstorm. Uh, it's not something you could learn overnight, but you know, if you give yourself a few weeks of Oh willing to really concentrate, you could definitely learn a lot, and uh, you'll be surprised even when you get you know these storms on long island you 'll be pointing out the different features and parts of the storm, and if it 's moving in a certain way, you, you can know what type of storm that is. you know this way, if you want to go out west, you already have an understanding of what 's going on
0: mm-hmm. and don't go out there right off the bat by yourself <laughs>
1: uh, right, absolutely there's plenty of tour companies you can go with. Uh, you know, you could pay to go with them the first few times if you'd like to do that. Really? Uh, but yeah, even, you know, even some local people, if you join some Facebook groups that are with storm chasing and mm-hmm. a lot of times people offer, hey, all you got to do is chip in for gas and you can ride along, things like that. You know, it's a very welcoming community, similar to, you know, your photography community.
0: Right. I have no idea that there was such a large community involved in it. I think it was. I mean, I guess, like I said, going back to the movie Twister, I think once that came out, that sparked a lot of interest in a lot of people. But I would think that there'd Hello? be those yeah. those foolish daredevils out there, you know, trying to, trying to do something. I would prefer to personally think that, you know, finding a professional, somebody who's got some experience in it yeah. going out with them first.
1: Yeah. The other thing is we talked about things that kind of make it dangerous. Besides lightning being the most dangerous thing, mm-hmm. it's the amount of uh, storm chaser convergence we like to call it it's just traffic jams of storm chases
0: mm-hmm.
1: because there is so many people out there you know on a on a day where there's a really high likelihood of a tornado you might see thousands of storm chases on one dirt road really now, now you get that you get that storm that decides to do something different everybody's trying to make a u-turn and everybody's trying to get out of there so it could be a little hectic at times uh with that as well
0: did you see that when you were out
1: this last time Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not Nothing that was that created a dangerous situation, but there were definitely uh, some traffic jams
0: wow. uh, that were
1: created, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, no, that's, like I said, it, it's cool to watch from afar, not something that I want to, you know, put myself in. If it happened here, I mean, yeah, I'm the first one looking out the window, but then I'm the other one who's going, all right, get the mattress and get in the bathtub.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You always <laughs> want to make sure you and your family are safe.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we and and like you said, I mean, I remember, um, I'm gonna say, God, it had to have been 10 years ago, if not longer. We had something small, I you know, maybe it was a like a barely a cat one that came through here and it went right in close to where I am over in Patchog. And, um, this is it's a funny story because what it did is that it 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 freaked my youngest son out. Mind you, he's 16 now and it doesn't bother him. But um, it, it went through in that area and I'll never forget it because, you know, the, the winds are blowing and it's getting really bad and we just happen to have, you know, old trees on the property. And my husband just happened to open up the front door just to to look outside to see how windy it was getting. And literally the branches off the tree were like raining into the house or up against the window that my son, like I said, I want to say he was, he was around five, maybe under five. It freaked him out so badly that he literally was afraid to go out of the house for months. He was afraid oh, wow. of the wind. Yeah. It, it took his, it literally took his older brother, you know, conning him into going out of the house. And I mean, literally months. There was at one point, my husband had to go out into the backyard and cut down with a, with a saw and with an ax, had to cut down the swing set we had in the backyard because he would be standing at his room window screaming in hysterics because the wind was blowing the, screen, the swings. Wow. It really, really, really freaked him out. Now, at this age, being out um, two years ago, we went out to the Las Vegas area and we drove from Las Vegas uh, to Sedona. And then from Sedona, we went to the Grand Canyon.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
0: It's, uh, God, it's my dream to go back again. But we left the Grand Canyon and um, we were trying to get back to our hotel in Sedona and my son was in the front seat. I had my sister in the back seat. Literally, she was in the back seat with the blanket over her head and my son's in the front seat going, mom, isn't this cool? As the lightning bolts are coming down around the car and I'm freaking out going, no, not cool. Very not cool at all. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah, things change. It's really interesting
1: how children's minds can be shaped you know with weather
0: right Uh, exactly. that's why it's
1: really important at a young age to to teach that they're cool but how to be safe you know exactly there's nothing wrong with enjoying weather obviously nobody wants to see destruction but there's nothing wrong with enjoying weather as long as you're safe about it uh you know yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. like
1: even even with adults like you said your son was kind of scared for a few years a lot of times people that live in these areas or experience these storms, uh, it kind of does mess them up in the head a little bit for a while, you know,
0: so it, oh, could definitely I can take it, it could
1: definitely take a toll on you.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's like a, an old adage that I've always said is that you have no idea how you're going to react unless you're in that situation. You right. hope to we God kind of- you react in a proper way and you can handle yourself, but you have no idea until you're in it.
1: Right, I feel like uh, our area, you know, New York, Long Island, New Jersey, kind of saw that during Hurricane Sandy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people in our area, you know, New Yorkers and New Jersey, everybody's tough, and they think it, it'll be okay. And I think a lot of people realize, you know, maybe we should have evacuated in those, you know, certain areas. And I unfortunately, took that to learn. But next time, they, God forbid, there's a storm like that, I think people take it a little bit more seriously, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hurricane Sandy was not nice to, to Long Island, if that's yeah. the right way to say it. Did you, were you involved in storm chasing at that point? Were you uh, I was. I
1: wasn't uh, as heavily involved at the time. In fact, I was working uh, that day. I worked basically my whole life. My day job has been working on boats in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was actually, we were working on securing the vessel that night during Hurricane Sandy. So I was actually working in Chelsea Piers uh, during it.
0: Oh God, what was that like?
1: Uh, it was intense. Uh we were like waist high in water trying to tie the boats up from floating away. And God. the waves were like something you would see at Jones Beach, but in, in the Hudson River, you know?
0: Yeah, you don't get that there. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm surprised the Hudson crazy. River moves, you know. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: but uh yeah, and there's the stories here. I mean, even from um with my day job and and um Picking up kids, I'm a school bus driver by day, and I remember picking up some kids in Seaford. Like I, I literally write one block off of Main Street in the Seaford area. Okay, I know where that is. And I remember looking and seeing, you know, a lot of construction going on. And this was, I want to say, two, maybe three year, maybe two years after or the year after. I'm not exactly sure after the storm hit, and. Everybody's raising their houses, you know, and and mm-hmm. the I started talking to the parent of the kid who was picking up and she said, oh, yeah, we are required by law that we have to raise our houses or our taxes are going to go up or we have to pay some kind of fines. And I'm like, you know, you're a block off Main Street. The water is like half a mile from you. How bad was it? She said, yeah, we had to climb out the roof of our house. I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was bad there. It was really bad. So, yes, yeah,
1: storm surge is uh, definitely the most dangerous aspect of a hurricane.
0: Yeah, Oakdale, which is where right outside of where I live. Um, I don't know if you know the area. There's a uh, right on Main Street, there's a little 7 Eleven, mm-hmm. and it goes back pretty far, and that's Idle Hour in Oakdale. You know, it, they're always known for uh, a high water table. But I heard and we saw the water was, the, the bay was lapping up against the back door of that 7-Eleven. And you're talking, there must have been 100, 130 houses back there, including Dowling College wow. back in that area. And the, the water at the, the height of the storm was you know up against the back door. Uh, of the 7 so yeah, there was a lot of water surge. I got yeah. lucky. I'm just north of, you know, uh, Sunrise Highway of Main Street, actually. Um, so we got lucky; we didn't see any of that. But um, I heard a lot of a lot of people go through a lot of stuff for a very, very long time. They, yeah. they had to deal with a lot of stuff. So yeah, you really can't
1: control Mother Nature, uh, mm-hmm. no matter what the storm is. But the only thing you can do is try to prepare yourself the best that you could and educate yourself. And- You know, now, now people that do live in those areas know if we get another storm that their area is prone to flooding, they might not even have known before, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's, it's always to better to heed the warning and be wrong than to not and have them be right. Absolutely. So, okay, Nick, well, I really appreciate you talking with us for a few minutes here. It was really great hearing your stories and uh, we're looking forward to, um, you know, more of your, uh, work that you have slowly coming out, bits and pieces. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Sure.
1: Uh, you can look me up on Facebook. On uh, my page is Nicholas Isabella Photography mm-hmm. and on uh, Instagram is NYC Storm Chaser. All
0: right. Cool. Great. All right. All right. Um, yeah. Thanks, but- Nick. I appreciate you talking with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. No problem. You have a great day. All right, take care. Take it easy.